Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. Lord, January the 19th, ask us given ears, eyes to see and enjoy your word, Lord God. Take us to the next level, Lord God, where you're at, Lord God, with wonder and excitement, Lord God. The adventure that we have, revelations and guidance, Lord, and provisions, Lord. Thank you that you have plans to prosper us. Plans to give us hope in future and not to harm us, Lord. Let it be. We just say yes. Yes, Lord. And amen. Amen. Wow. Joseph was taken to Egypt. Genesis 39 through 41.16. Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelites, traitors. He was purchased by Potiphar. An Egyptian officer, Potiphar, was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. As he served in the home of Potiphar, the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. And his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began looking at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one was around. When she went in to do his work, when he went in to do his work, she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, Come on. Sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but but he left his cloak in her hands as he ran from her house, from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed when he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story, that Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But Joseph Joseph was 
the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favor with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge and all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything to succeed. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended the royal master. Pharaoh became angry with those two officials and he put them in the prison where Joseph was, in that place of the captain of the guard. There remained in prison for quite some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business. Amen. Joseph replied, go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his first dream. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. But then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well with you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I am here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he, had, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what the Lord, what the dream means, Joseph told him. The three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and empower you, your body on a pole. Then the birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff and summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh and Paul, the chief baker, just as Joseph had predicted, when he interpreted his dream, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never gave him another thought. Two full years Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing in the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows 
come up out of the river and began grazing in the marchland. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny thin cows ate the seven healthy cows, fat cows. At this point, when the dream Pharaoh woke up, but he fell asleep again and he had a second dream. This time he had seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. The seven more heads of grain appeared, but they were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the seven plums, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. Go ahead, finish that, please. Okay. Um, then next. Okay, the next morning Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dreams. So he called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today I have been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant, and everything happened just as he had predicted. I was restored to my position as a cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that you, when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. It's beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Amen. Matthew chapter 12, 46 through 13, 23. As Jesus speaking to the crowd his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into the boat. Then he sat there and taught as many people as the people uh, taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on a shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. 
Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out by the tender plants. Choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables? When you talk to the people, he replied, he, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they really they really don't really listen, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me, and let me heal them. Amen. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it, and they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parables about the farmers planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches it away and the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems. Or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much had had been planted. Amen. Amen. Praying the Psalms. Pray Psalm 17 in a spirit of repentance so that you can echo David's honesty, commitment, and innocence. Turn to God for forgiveness as much as for justice and protection. Psalm 17, 1 through 15. O Lord, hear my plea for justice. Listen to my cry for help. Pay attention to my prayer, for it comes from honest lips. Declare me innocent, for you see those who do right. You have tested my thoughts and examined my heart in the night. You have scrutinized me and found nothing wrong. 
I am determined not to sin in what I say. I have followed your commands, which keep me from following cruel and evil people. My steps are, are stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you. I am praying to you because I know you will answer, O God. Bend down and listen as I pray. Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. But your might, mighty power, by your mighty power, rescue those who seek refuge from their enemies. Guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from the wicked and people who attack me. And people who attack me. From murderous enemies who surround me. They are without pity and listen to their boasting. They track me down and surround me, watching for the chance to throw me to the ground. They are like hungry lions eager to tear me apart, like young lions hiding in ambush. Arise, O Lord, stand against them and brighten and bring them to their knees. Rescue them from their wicked sword. By the power of your hand, O Lord, destroy those who look to this world for their reward. But satisfy the hunger of your treasured ones. May their children have plenty, leaving an inheritance for their descendants. Because I am righteous, I will see you. When I awake, I will see you face to face and be satisfied. Amen. Proverbs 3, 33-35. The Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame. Amen. Amen. It's interesting on the um, Matthew 13.10, Jesus used many stories and parables when speaking to the crowds. These stories compare something unfamiliar to something familiar. Helping us understand spiritual truth by using everyday objects and relationships. When speaking in parables, Jesus was not hiding the truth from, from sincere seekers because those who were receptive of spiritual truth sought to understand his illustrations. To others, they were only meaningless or entertaining stories. Human ears have many sounds, but there is a deeper kind of listening that results in spiritual understanding. Jesus' parable Jesus' parables compel listeners to discover truth while at the same time concealing the truth from those who try to from those who too lazy or too stubborn to look for it. To those who are honest searching the truth it becomes clear. Each parable has a central meaning unless otherwise specific by Jesus, specified by Jesus. We must be careful not to read too much into parables, forcing them to say what they don't mean. Amen. Amen.
All right now. Um, you know that's the, the the it's the simplification of planning and reaping and listening, really listening. I heard that there was you know like there's four levels of asking in the Greek mm -hmm. and there's probably four levels of listening uh in this side. Uh it's interesting how Listening and understanding. Stories unravel people's denial, you know, and makes things because they they have a their their own little city, little judging system in their heads, and it takes a while to to bring them to uh, the feet to have good soil. That's what I was talking to Ozzy. I was telling her, you know, that we're going to clean the soil the seed of the rocky soil so that you'll have room to plant more ideas. Yeah. I like the way it says that the good the seed that fell in the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and that produces a harvest of thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times as much as has been planted. Mm -hmm. So it's you know, you might hear something once but, you know, it's just, that's how your faith gets built. You hear the word, and you hear the word, and you hear the word, and you keep you keep on hearing. You mm -hmm. don't stop hearing. You mm -hmm. know, you're never going to come a time where you're going to say, okay, I'm done hearing. You just keep on hearing, because there's probably different revelations that come as you continue to put the word into your soul. Your soul's the one we're working with here, because, you're, you know, because the spirit's willing, but the soul is the one that's... The, we have issues with but um, you know that's it's, it says that you truly hear and understand that's very important that you seek to understand you know by the help of the Holy Spirit to to receive the word into your soil mm -hmm. you know uh, it sounds like it there's four levels of people who want want to hear the word, but then it, you know, they don't have the like it said. They the enemy comes and snatches it. It falls to the wayside, and the other one is, um, you know, where it, um, you know, they get excited about the word, but then they don't cultivate it enough, and it ends up, you know, the, the cares of this world uh, tend to overtake them, and of course the thorny one. Because it didn't have deep roots, but then the thorny one, let's see. They hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is... Oh wait, the second one says, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Interesting. But the... The third one is where they, you know, the, the worries of the world and the lure of wealth, you know, um, take over. Um, harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. Interesting.
Anything else? Oh, I really like, you know, how it goes back to Isaiah and says, as it, as it's prophesied in the book of Isaiah, you mm -hmm. know, for they look, but they don't really see, and they hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend, for the hearts of these people are hardened. And as their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me, and look what happens if they don't, you know, comprehend and understand. They won't let the Lord heal them. Amen, that's right. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, you know, this is a good representation, you're... you're when your heart is hard, you know, same thing when you plant something in a hard soil, it can't, there can't be growth in that, right? When you plant something, you can't do it on, on the hard soil because it just won't, it won't grow. It has to be cultivated. It has to be um, softened so that the seeds will be planted and they will blossom. So very, very interesting. Um, Amen. Yeah. That's right. Mm. Anything else to add on that? No, that's pretty good. You covered it really good. Yeah. One thing in the Psalms that you read, I thought that was great, because um, you always say this. You know, it's like you were in your dream. The Lord is testing you. What are you going to do? And it says it right here. You have tested my thoughts and examined my heart in the night. So. We do get those situations in the dream. I got to start paying attention when the Lord is trying to test me too, you know. Um, and He's looking at my heart, and things are popping up that that I know that aren't correct. And it's amazing how much uh, word we read, and we still get, you know, we, situations arise, and you're even in a dream, and you act, you know, you. You act wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. you're either you're yeah. greedy or, you know, God wants to know if I'm greedy. And... It's interesting to know that in a dream, uh, three signifies three days. Because mm -hmm. I've been having a lot of dreams about threes. Mm -hmm. Remember for a while? Three mm -hmm. this, three, three days. And, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, these dreams, Joseph was able to interpret it pretty easily. That uh, baskets represented days or three branches represents three days mm -hmm. um, it's amazing how God was with him in everything he did mm -hmm. and the Lord was with him and caused everything to do to succeed amen yeah you know he uh, he was so uh, and the presence of God was so I was wondering if he did take Saturdays off as a Jewish person to relax and honor God Probably his prayer life was just amazing. Yeah. I like that it says here in number, let's see, I think it's uh, 39, 5, 5, 39.5, it starts, From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, it said the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. Okay, so he was blessing his master only for Joseph. 
Mm, that's right, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was because of Joseph. He wanted to bless Joseph, but he was doing it through Potiphar. Mm -hmm. Interesting, mm -hmm. huh? Yeah, you know, they wanted to build a reputation to save a whole nation by, um, he set the whole thing up. But, you know, you know, so you, when you got birds picking at your head, you better mm -hmm. watch out. And the other one was uh, wine, squeezing the grapes of wine. It was an action of, uh, of love and service. You know, it looks like the, the wine guy did more than just make the bread. I don't know, I'm trying to get some meaning out of it, but thank God that uh, Jesus has uh, anointed us to preach and go, go and, and heal the sick, cast out demons, and set the captives free, you know, and proclaim the kingdom of God to the poor and do our duty and we are well able because our king our god supplies us all our needs according to his riches in glory by christ jesus we have everything we need to amen because the lord is our god he strengthens us amen we did in it jesus name amen amen oh it's only